Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Doable Discipleship, the podcast designed to help you deepen your friendship with God, or as we like to say, the show that helps you grow. We are in week four of a series on the five purposes of marriage. We've talked about spiritual intimacy and honor and relational intimacy, and this week we are going to be talking about the fourth purpose of marriage, which is partnership. And I'm joined today again by my friends, George and Tondra Gregory. Will you welcome them with me? Hi, friends. What's up? Good morning. It is so good to be back with you again. This is such a fun conversation that we've been having. I am loving this. So we are talking about, like I said, partnership, an act of ministry. Mm -hmm. So with respect to marriage, how do you define partnership and how is it an act of ministry? Yeah, well, every time we talk about partnership, right, we we like to say it's love in action, right? You can't have partnership without some action, but it's got to be in love. So partnership involves bringing two different people, right, from different backgrounds and experiences together, right? Mm -hmm. It also involves uh, acknowledging or, or or having an appreciation for those differences, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. if you don't appreciate that, sometimes it can do the opposite of what it's meant to do. Right. Right. And then lastly, it's, uh, it involves negotiating those differences wow. and how we serve each other, mm-hmm. but not just each other, people around us in our community or in our church world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like to say partnership in this sense is best expressed as a covenant, you know, not mm-hmm. a contract. Mm-hmm. I know we have uh, contract, uh, uh, you know, like business contracts. Sure, but we're sure. talking about something else when we talk about covenant. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of, one of the shows that we love to watch is Judge Judy. <laughs> and don't judge us. For I that. know. No, no. And so we love you, Judge Judy, if you're watching. But um, basically, she's taught us like a contract for a contract to uh, be uh, in effect is you must have a meeting of the minds, right? Mm-hmm. So we understand mm-hmm. like business contract versus, you know, covenant. But when we talk about partnership in this talk, we're talking about that covenant mm-hmm. view. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, some folks go into marriage thinking partnership means we're just going to split everything 50-50, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm going to do my stuff. He's going to do his stuff. Um, sometimes, I mean, they figure out their chores that way. They figure out their money that way. They figure out, you know, his, hers, you know, everything is kind of split down the middle. Um, they might even divide the closet. You know, Mm -hmm. this is his side, this Mm -hmm. is her side, Mm -hmm. but biblical partnership is about a whole lot more than that. Mm -hmm. And like I say, you use the word covenant, Mm -hmm. not contract. So talk to us a little bit about the differences between a contract and a covenant. Yeah. So, so a contract is, uh, basically it's about leverage, right? Um, mm-hmm. Getting your needs met, right? Um, yeah, it's like protecting your own interest mm-hmm. in in a, in a contract. Sure, it's about signing and the meeting of the minds, like I just right, said right. that Judge Judy talked about <laughs> taught me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's also based on legalism, right? It's all about the law. What's right? What What am I going to get done right? Mm-hmm. What does the law says are my rights mm-hmm. versus not my rights? Well, a covenant is about a binding of hearts. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. It's about a promise, mm-hmm. eternal promise that that is forever, right? right it's right, an everlasting right. promise that you make, and it's it's about um, what it's based on is love and loyalty mm-hmm. you know it's not mm-hmm. as long mm-hmm. as we shall agree but it's as long as we both shall live yeah. right yeah. there's a difference mm-hmm. and the thing is if we have that contract mentality in our marriage 
then we'll start putting certain demands on our spouse mm -hmm. to perform as a part of that wow. uh, covenant or that fulfillment or my best interest, right? Uh, so as a condition of the relationship, we're saying, hey, if I'm going to be in a relationship with you, these are wow. the things that... That gets dangerous. Yeah, it gets yeah. very dangerous. Yeah. And so everyone can't look out for their own interests. That's just a worldly view. Because, mm -hmm. you know, a biblical mm -hmm. view is about something else. It's about... What did God call us to do together? Mm -hmm. What's our destiny? Um, it's about creating safety and trust in our relationship yeah. so that mm -hmm. we can be vulnerable and that we can open our hearts up to grow uh, more and more into the image of Christ. So when you have that covenant that produces that type of environment where you're like, I know you're not going anywhere. I don't have to be perfect. Wow. I don't have to yeah. perform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are accepting me unconditionally, and we're going to grow together, and we're going to work through this. Yeah, yeah. I think the danger in our society is uh, a lot of people do like contracts, right? Right, mm -hmm. right? because it's about what I can get out of it, mm -hmm. like, right? But I, as a husband, I really like this covenant because I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to have everything the right way. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like that's a part of God's economy when right. he can cover us mm -hmm. because we don't, we're not doing it on a contract basis, but more of a covenant. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that relieves a lot of tension in relationships mm -hmm. just to know that like, you're going to love me even if I'm not perfect, right. even, sure. you know, but when you think that you're performing, I mean, Putting conditions on the other person to receive yeah. love is one thing, but thinking you've got to meet those requirements in order to be loved, yeah. I would think that that would just yeah. create all kinds mm -hmm. of tension. Yeah, all kinds of insecurity, yeah. For yeah, sure. Definitely. So if a couple finds that their marriage resembles more of a contract than a covenant, how can they begin to make that shift? Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're all the way, they're into it now, and it, they've been operating as a contract, how do you begin to... Mm -hmm. change that yeah you know my, my mother and father used to tell me all the time you got to check your attitude right <laughs> right <laughs> uh, and I've heard some people say like attitude check right mm -hmm. right and I think that's a good place to start we mm -hmm. have to check our attitude right mm -hmm. so some things that your spouse did in past seasons might frustrate you now or might irritate you <laughs> yeah. right and so uh, I've known people that Maybe uh, during the pre-marriage or the dating phase, being feisty, that was cute. <laughs> yeah. But now when you become too feisty in marriage, and it's not so cute. Yeah, or if right. you're uh, very A-type, uh, mm -hmm. who, who wants an A-type all the time, 24 mm -hmm. hours a day? And so sometimes I think in past seasons, if we demand certain things, I think we have to watch out. I also think demanding can go in the opposite way, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. so in the opposite way of the things that we've been talking about in all of these podcasts over the last few weeks, right? Uh, it, demanding breaks down that honor. It brings dishonor. It mm -hmm. doesn't have spiritual intimacy. It makes it not as spiritual, right? Mm -hmm. And relational intimacy, teamwork, all these things, if we demand it, mm -hmm. it just really doesn't work. Another one is we have to be appreciative, right, mm -hmm. to our spouse's differences. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes differences, man, we're so different in, in, in many ways that it, it can polarize you or yeah, sure. it can actually send you in the opposite direction. But when you appreciate your spouse's differences, I think then uh, think thereby it brings you together more. So we have to spend time remembering, yeah. right? And a lot of times what we try to do with couples who come sit on our couch or call us mm -hmm. uh, for coaching and it's all about their spouse that they want to get corrected, mm -hmm. we start asking a question, peel, peel, peel it back just a little bit and say, How'd you guys meet? Yep. You know, what'd you like yep. about each other? And yep. then and then all of the things that they were so 
focused on fades in the background because mm -hmm. you start mm -hmm. thinking about the things that you liked about mm -hmm. them from the very beginning, right? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. when we remember um, um, and celebrate our spouse's differences, I think it brings this new shade that we need to attune to in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Even as you're saying that, um, you know, I've shared with you that our, my own marriage, which is going on 30 years, right? But our, our early years were really challenging and that was exactly what our counselor did was, okay, all right, I hear you. So why'd you guys get together yeah. in the first yeah. place? Yeah. And we were like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's, very, it's very important. You know, I, I would challenge a lot of couples, right? If you find yourself stuck, I would say find a place to remember, to write mm. those things down. And because That's when you rem remember, then you can go back and say, man, you know what? I appreciate that or I celebrate that. Or you can begin to pray and praise God for the way that God wired your spouse, which mm -hmm. is kind of different than the way he <laughs> wired you. That's true. That's true. So Pastor Rick has been known to say at first opposites attract but sometimes opposites attack. I love so, that. Right? <laughs> it's one of those Rickisms that we love. Yes. So practically speaking, what does it really look like to complement each other's weaknesses? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I always say it looks like complete mm. acceptance, really, that mm -hmm. I accept you in the good days, the bad days, mm -hmm. with your mm -hmm. imperfections, weaknesses. Mm -hmm. I accept all of you, right? Yeah. And, it, and that complete acceptance how you show that complete acceptance is that you say, I don't know everything. I don't, mm. I don't, you do have some strengths that mm. I don't possess. Right. And so I need to allow myself mm -hmm. to be influenced, yeah. not to reject how you're different, mm -hmm. but to receive mm -hmm. how you're different and allow myself to be shaped and influenced by that. Mm -hmm. I always like to say that's filling each other's gaps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I always quote Rocky Balboa from the Rocky movies. You're so cute when you quote it. Because I, it's my favorite <laughs> thing because Rocky says it so well. When he asked Adrian to marry him, mm -hmm. he says it's like this, Adrian. You got gaps. I got gaps. Together, we got snow gaps, you know, come on. You got to remember that mm -hmm. when he says that. And so that's what <laughs> it looks like is this. All of our weak places are now strengthened because yes. we've allowed our spouse to come in and shape us. Uh, but, I, so but, but that can be hard it and is difficult, hard. right? Very, because you, you're basically acknowledging that I have gaps. I have things that I need filled in or mm -hmm. I need help with, right? I'm so not perfect. True. In fact, uh, some of your audience that might find that relieving yes. to just say yeah. that I am not perfect. <laughs> I don't have to be perfect. That's right? right. I love that, George. And it's so true. It's not easy. And it takes humility to not say I don't. I have gaps mm -hmm. and I have things that need to be filled That's in right. me. And w some of the ways that George and I are different is that I am not an organized person. Like I am more empathetic. I'm more of a feeler. Mm -hmm. I'm more of the, hey, let's just hang out here and just smell these roses and just be present in this moment. <laughs> we always joke. It's like I live in the present and he lives in the future yep. mm -hmm. because he's always planning and getting to the next thing. Yeah, I'm thinking about the next podcast right, right. now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these were always clash for sure. us yeah. when mm -hmm. we first got married until mm -hmm. we learned that principle of complete acceptance and yeah. allowing ourselves to be influenced. Yeah. So now, which, which I'm totally opposite of that. Right? Yeah, yeah, She's you're more in the gray. 
I'm more A type. Let's go. Yeah. We got to get have a schedule. Yeah. We got to have a plan. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, forget the plan. Let's just hang out. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, the brother, for how long? I'll I, put it on the schedule. That's right. <laughs> the brother, when we went on vacation, the brother would just, we would get into some conflicts. Oh, you want to go there? I know. <laughs> oh, you want to go there. We would get into conflicts going on vacation. Okay, what? <laughs> so for me, the vacation started in just the experience of getting ready to go on the mm -hmm. vacation. Mm -hmm. But George had already planned out the whole thing and everything had a timetable. Yeah. He was even planning for well, she, if there was traffic. Say, she or would say, you're too uptight. Right? I know. And I would say, okay, all right. So then we get on the road and we get stuck in traffic and then she's, you know, she's irritated because we're in traffic. I say, see, I was trying to beat traffic so we could yeah. get to dinner on right. time, but now we're going to miss dinner because we're stuck in traffic. You just need to know I'm a total type A and I feel this. Uh, yeah. see? I'm like, see, if we had left 15 how, minutes earlier, we would have avoided right? it. Yeah. Right. There it is. See, she gets me. I, I know. But the beautiful thing is, right? you know, is that now because George has influenced me, mm -hmm. Now I am a little more structured. Now people can't tell who the organized person is <laughs> versus the unorganized yep. unless we unless they get real up close and personal. Sure. Right. And then George also is now comfortable in the gray. He used to not know what to do in that in-between state of mm -hmm. no plan right I here. How to breathe. He learned how to breathe. <laughs> and so now I am so proud to see him be more relaxed. But I do want to say. I was rejecting it and the rejection mm. of it, rejection and not allowing myself to mm. have gaps filled was that when I said, oh, you're too uptight. That's not mm. influencing, allowing that person to influencing, yeah. influence you. You are rejecting that part of him, right? And well, so I, I, re I remember when we were first married, Tondra used to tell me affectionately, she used to say, <laughs> I, I would say, hey, uh, let's try to work on this or let's try to improve this. And she would say, Oh, no, don't try to change me. Uh -huh. Like, you knew who you married, and so don't try to... And I said, babe, aren't we supposed to evolve? Aren't we supposed to grow? And <laughs> she's like, oh, that's a novel idea, right? <laughs> exactly. No, you're supposed to grow. <laughs> that's awesome. Right. Like, you got this backwards. Like, I stay the same. You change. I change you, you know. But, yeah, so... But that even goes back into our last podcast about spiritual intimacy and growing sure. and evolving. We need the Holy Spirit. And through that relationship with God is how we started to see, yeah. oh, wait, wait, no, let me receive this. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. And to your point, you know, sometimes when we see that the other person has something we don't or they're trying to help us, sometimes that can feel either condemning or we can feel shame like, mm -hmm. gosh, I wish I was more like that. Yeah. So how can we complement each other without this sense of shame or or feeling condemned or less than well i think a lot of times we have to understand that being different mm -hmm. is not a weakness right mm -hmm. i say good. i say all the time that my uniqueness is not a weakness yes I love that, <laughs> let's right? tweet that somebody I love it. <laughs> right and so so because god doesn't make a mistake so the way he wired right. me is the way he meant for me to be wired mm -hmm. that doesn't mean i can't grow and evolve but to celebrate that and to not be so uptight just really means that we can give each other the grace that God has allowed us to, mm -hmm. to, to be who we are, yeah. but also to, to evolve into what he wants us to be. So good. It reminds me of what you talked about in one of our couple's nights out, mm -hmm. where you said that your spouse is God's provision mm -hmm. for you. He knows what you need, mm -hmm. and your spouse is God's provision. I just That was like the mic drop moment of the yeah. whole night where everybody <laughs> in the room went, Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. how how 
what you need and where you're weak that you may not have even realized Mm -hmm. your spouse Mm -hmm. is God's unique provision, his perfect provision. Yeah, that's why I love that Ecclesiastes mm -hmm. uh, scripture that talks about that we're better together. Right. So for the most part, I need him. He needs me. And when we're together, we are so much better. Oh, for sure. For sure. So in light of our God given uniqueness, how practically do we begin to build the partnership in our marriage? So, so understanding and meeting each other's needs Mm. is how we begin to do that in a practical Mm. sense. When we can do that, it's going to strengthen our bond Mm. with each other. Right. Uh, Basically in a nutshell, we just need to serve and sacrifice for each other. And, um, for me, that is at the heart mm-hmm. of partnering mm-hmm. together when it's talking about that covenant is is sacrificing and serving and put others needs before your own. Put mm-hmm. your spouse's needs before your own. And sometimes that's scary for people mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, why does his needs get met? OK. And mine does. But but the, it's, it's that countercultural view. Right. If I have that mentality of serving his needs Mm -hmm. and sacrificing for him and he Mm -hmm. has the mentality of serving my needs and sacrificing for me, then I don't have to worry about my needs. Right. Mm -hmm. My needs are going to be met. And I now because I know that I can totally focus on his needs. And and that's That's a scary place. Yes. Countercultural view. I'd like to add that. I think there's sometimes I think. That as as men we can kind of miss the moment, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Bible talks about servant leadership, or we can mm-hmm. interpret it oh, yeah. or, or look good. at it as servant mm-hmm. leadership. It wasn't like Christ took his position to so to say, "Hey, you guys should just I'm God. You guys should just do whatever to serve me." Mm-hmm. No, he came to die for our yes. sins, right? He yeah. showed us that servant leadership. And in marriage, I think the way we help each mm-hmm. other, right, mm-hmm. is to show is is not like oh. Your needs are being met without my needs, but as mm-hmm. a servant leader, what I'm doing is I am doing my part to make sure that we are lifting, loving, and liking each other. Yes. Oh, I like so that. True. Lifting, yeah. loving, Another and tweet, liking. Yeah. I know. Look at that. Two tweetable things in like five minutes. A tweet, tweet. <laughs> if only I was on Twitter. <laughs> so... You know, you talked about meeting each other's needs, but I think one of the challenges in marriages is we sometimes we think we know what the other person mm-hmm, needs mm-hmm. <laughs> or we sort of project what we need onto mm-hmm. the other person. Yes. Talk about <laughs> communicating those needs one to another because that's, yeah. you know, because that's something that's important, right? Because as you've pointed out in other podcasts, you can't read our mind. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But we think they can. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, we, we, Listen, I find that as women, especially I can speak because I'm a woman in this area, I just feel like because we're so wired to be nurturers and to, um, you know, think about taking Mm -hmm. care of everybody. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we don't even realize what our needs are. For sure. And I, I, I was even in that situation. Somebody was like, well, what, what do you need from him? Mm. And I really had nothing. Yeah. Like, I, You're like, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I'm obviously needing something because that's what the conflict is about. Something right. wasn't met. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know what that is, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so uh, for us to introspect, reflect, and try mm-hmm. to figure out, well, what are our needs? Right. So that we can empower our spouse no. to meet those needs. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to like fill around in the dark, guess, try different things. Oh, yeah. that didn't work. Nope, that didn't work. <laughs> no trial and error. 
but just empower them with what is it that you need. And that's okay to communicate that. And sometimes in relationship coaching, when we work with couples, sometimes it's like, he should just know if he loves me, he should (laughs) just just know know. what my needs are. And I'm like, no, that's not true. We don't know, ladies. Let me look at this camera. Where is the camera? We do not know. We need a cheat sheet, right? Right. Right. Need a cheat sheet. And, and it, I don't want you to think it's their fault. I really believe God wired us so differently as male and female. Mm-hmm. Like we both need mm-hmm. to communicate the needs and not just yeah. read each other's minds. Yeah, I, I, I'll add to yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes we also need to communicate what we need now, mm-hmm. right? Because what we need needed yesterday or last week might be right. different, right? Mm-hmm. So Tanja says sometimes, I thought you wanted to be alone. I say, no, today I really <laughs> want your presence, right? So... So I think as long as we are communicating our daily need, right, or our our daily bread, I would say, right, we don't want stale bread, we want fresh bread. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we just need to communicate not just what we need, but what we need now. Yes, that's so good. That is, I, you know, talking about this and just trying to understand each other's needs Mm -hmm. and, and projecting needs. I know early in our marriage, there's, it's a, it's funny to me now. (laughs) <laughs> but like, I like order. I'm your type A. Yeah. Like, I like things and I feel happy yeah. when things are ordered yeah. and I feel peaceful. When th- <laughs> and so I assumed that my husband would also enjoy, you know, and feel peaceful when things were ordered. And it was all, it always felt like the, with the spice cupboard specifically, you know, you have all these spices and they're all mm-hmm. messed up and you go to look for one thing, you can't find it. So you go to the store and you buy another one mm-hmm. because you can't find it. Mm-hmm. So one day I thought, I'm going to just do the most awesome thing. I'm going to alphabetize them, throw out the duplicates. Like it's going to be so nice. And if you want three different things, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to find them because they're going to be where you expect them to be. Yeah. And I was so excited to show him like what I had done, this great thing. And he walked in, he's like, oh, that's nice. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, why don't you appreciate how awesome this is? But then we read the book about love languages. Mm -hmm. And I learned that he's more, much more of a words of affirmation person. Mm. So a love note telling him how much I appreciate how hard he works for our family would have been way more (laughs) powerful than the spices. Now, I still keep it alphabetized, but I do it for me. For him, I use my words to tell him how much I appreciate Mm -hmm. him. But we had to figure out Mm -hmm. how we had to learn about each other's needs. So Mm -hmm. how can we have these conversations? Like, Mm -hmm. I need something from you that you're not giving me. How do we do that? Well, I, I always say it starts with you can't meet someone's needs if you don't know. It's like so once you figured out what your husband's need was, it was like, oh, right. No, that is so easy. <laughs> but just having that conversation, mm-hmm. it's you have to not do it in the heat of the moment. Right. You have to. Yeah, that's ass- an important. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. A, timing. Yeah. yeah, timing is everything. Timing is everything. But also just. Assertiveness is the ability to communicate your needs in a non-threatening, non-attacking way, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. how we say it, that's what George used to say. It's not that you said it, it's how how you you said it that causes me not to be able to hear it. And then it makes me not want to meet that need, right? (laughs) Somebody probably needs to just pause the podcast and say, wow, how? Yep. That right. Yes, how you say it <laughs> matters. Is very important. Is, right. It really matters, and then for the other person to listen well too, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes we don't. I find that 
it's hard to hear someone else's needs because we filter it through that baggage we uh -huh. talked about in the last episode. Yeah. It goes into that baggage and it says, oh, you're failing. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. failing mm -hmm. me. Uh, right. I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, your need means if because that need's not met, I'm failed in right. some way. Um, and we have to be careful to not filter. This is all works together, you know, mm -hmm. that you're healed that you realize that there's a filter there so that you can check that filter mm -hmm. and you can hear your spouse's need. Remember, George, when we were newly married and you would, because he likes to be as productive as possible and, sure. and he likes to be the best version of himself. He's always trying to <laughs> achieve. That's and, a good way to say it. <laughs> but for me, every time you would tell me Oh, let's let's let's. Why don't we check in with somebody and ask them how they do such a great job mm. with their kids? Their kids are always so well. So what you hear and is so when it, we're failing. <laughs> when I'm failing, not even him. Okay, <laughs> it goes through the baggage filter yeah. of brokenness, mm -hmm. and the message that I heard was, "You're not good enough. Yeah, yeah. You need yeah. help, girl. You don't know what you're doing." That is I what I heard. That. Yeah. And George was like, "I don't know how to." I don't know how to communicate my needs or be myself because yeah. I'm walking on eggshells. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a difficult time. Yes, it right? was. But we got through that yeah. because we learned to trust each other and to mm -hmm. know that whenever we brought something up, we could cover. We say I used to say, "Cover me," like I would never say anything to hurt you mm -hmm. or to offend you. Or, mm -hmm. And so, I, but I think uh, it, that takes time That's, and it, it takes does. intentionality. Yeah. yeah, you have to start working on that. That wasn't an overnight process, right? But both of us had to work to hear each other and communicate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. George had to say, okay, well, let me watch how I communicate. Right. I had to say, let me not take his words personally. Let me right. give him the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. and check my broken filter mm -hmm. and make sure mm -hmm. I'm hearing his heart too. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so it's all about how you say it, when you say it, and how you hear it. Talk a little bit. <laughs> in one of our conversations, you use the phrase active listening. And mm -hmm. that's really important because that has to do with reflecting back. So what I hear you saying is talk a little bit about mm -hmm. how important that is and how that can help us separate what we think we hear from what we, you know, from what there's actually saying. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. Well, when we're listening, we can't be doing what George and I talked about last week, the double dutch, where you're waiting to get in, right? Mm. And get your point across. Mm -hmm. You're not hearing what Maybe the person... people don't know what double dutch oh, is. Oh, double dutch. Go so, ahead. So double dutch, back in, back in our day, right, uh, there used to be this uh, rope game called double dutch. You mm -hmm. have two sides of, of the rope going, mm -hmm. and the girls would just be bouncing, waiting their turn waiting. to get in. And you have to right. jump in. Uh, when there was a break, a moment that the ropes were perfectly positioned yeah. that you could jump in. Right. So that's so, so many couples is they're they're really not communicating. What they're no. waiting to do is double dutch you. They're standing there. That is a good illustration. Yeah. Like yeah. I can visualize that. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, that's good. While your spouse is sharing their needs, you're like, okay. So ahead. you're not when, even listening. When are you going to stop talking? Because I got to say this, right? Wow. And yeah. so you're not hearing anything that they're saying. So active listening is... Mm. actively giving them your attention. That's good. Yeah. Actively not focusing your rebuttal. It's not a courtroom, <laughs> yeah. but it's about them mm -hmm. and what they're trying to communicate. So mm -hmm. you have to be curious. Mm -hmm. You have to be focused. You have to internalize what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Ask questions mm -hmm. of clarity. Mm -hmm. That's what an active listener does. Mm -hmm. Okay, They're not mm -hmm. doing anything else, but they're giving you their undivided attention mm -hmm. and they're hearing you. Yeah. And then they're also, because they're internalizing it, they can summarize it back to you and say, here's what I'm hearing you say. 
Yeah. You know? And then if if you're not hearing it the way it's being intended, then that gives the other person the opportunity to say, oh, here, no, I love you. Yeah. That No, you're doing a great mm-hmm. job. Right. I just, whatever that is. Yes. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. yeah. Powerful. That's so good. By the way, all that she just mentioned, that could be a whole eight more Podcast, oh, right? communication oh. is can have its own series. Listen. Like that song, communication's <laughs> got me down. Yeah, right. So much. Well, so I had to get a song, and you've done movie references. I know. So I was like, come on. <laughs> yes. So okay. So I mentioned the book, The Five Love Languages, and that was super mm-hmm. helpful for us. But are there any other tools or resources that couples can use to kind of help them have this discussion about their needs? Mm-hmm. Is this hard? Yeah, it really is hard, and you do need help and. Uh, a couple of resources that I tend to use, I, I do, I'm very big on uh, being proactive in marriage sure. and not reactive. So these are tools to help you lay a foundation. So I love the Simbus assessment. Mm-hmm. I do that yeah, a lot. Tool. Great tool. Helps. Is that available online? Is that something? It is available online. I don't have the web That's address, okay. but it's Simbus, which stands for saving your marriage before it starts. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and in, and even though it, it is saving your marriage before it, it starts, you can still you utilize the assessment to mm-hmm. just do a check-in mm-hmm. if sure. you've been married for a long time. It's always just learning and growing and knowing each other in every season. Mm-hmm. So, That's so uh, good. another one is called Prepare and Enrich, which is very mm-hmm. similar to Simba's. They're very similar. And then John Gottman is another one that I like who has a lot of like practical things that mm-hmm. can help Very you practical. actually put roll up your sleeves and start working on things because um my quote is that I love to say knowledge is only power if it's applied mm-hmm. you can't just be reading mm-hmm. the five love languages or like George like to tell the men you can't just have the five love languages on the bookshelf you have to read it you have to read it and or, apply it. or make it easier and just get the audio book right, right. <laughs> yeah. we have a cheat now yes. yeah. but it's not about gaining information it's mm-hmm. literally Absolutely. about applying it that's how you're empowered to change and grow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so now george you had talked about serving each other but also serving outside of your marriage serving together and i want to just kind of close this episode by talking about that because you two have modeled this beautifully right with your chaplaincy with the chargers and your marriage ministry you guys do this a lot Mm -hmm. and so i want to ask two questions first what impact has serving together had on your marriage wow well it's uh it's we know each other a lot better right Mm -hmm. and so Spending a lot of time with each other, mm-hmm. I think sometimes can pull you apart. Mm-hmm. But we 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 know each other. We're more patient with mm-hmm. each other. I think we know what get on each other's nerves. I, yeah. I would say, that. is it okay to say that on the yeah. podcast? Oh right? my, about marriage? It's okay. oh yes, right? yeah. that is a part of marriage. Get yeah. on each other's yeah. nerves. <laughs> I, I, I think that's what I would say. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. I love that. Second, what challenges have you faced as you've served together? Like what, you know, I'm. Sh- it can't have been a bed of roses the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say. <laughs> we, so we our, our weaknesses are more pronounced, or the things that we need to work on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like for instance, uh, you know, Tondra mentioned that she she talked about the gray area mm-hmm. uh, or my A typeness, but <laughs> you know, my value of time and respecting people's time. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. really just we, it was more pronounced. Um, for, for us during during certain seasons, right? Sure. Especially mm-hmm. living in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this one time, by the way, uh, men don't ever do this, but uh, 
<laughs> because in the South, I couldn't leave her in my car. I couldn't leave her. I always had to wait on her. But in New York City, there's a train that leaves every minute. <laughs> yeah. And so there were multiple moments where, where, where I just said, I'm going to take the next train because I need to get there. Mm. Uh, but I think it, what it really taught us is uh, to uh, leave room for each other's gaps, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or, or, or we, to give each other grace. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would say for, about that. Mm -hmm. And something you and I had talked about was the boundary between, because you guys are home together. You're working together, yeah, we're together you're traveling together, yeah. ministry together. So yeah. talk a little bit about those boundaries. Yeah, yeah those boundaries can be become enmeshed when you're doing all those things together. Like when we're on date night, you know, we have to be careful not to bring work into mm. our date night mm -hmm. or sometimes not letting an argument that we had at work <laughs> spill over into our <laughs> personal lives. Uh, uh, I remember one time George says, um, <laughs> he he calls and he says, hey, what you doing for lunch today? I say, oh, uh, nothing. Why? You want to take me out? And he says, he says, yeah, I'm going to come and get you. This is when I worked outside the home. I'm going to come get you. We're going to go to lunch. I was like, ooh. And I was just telling everybody, uh, uh, my colleagues, I was like, oh, my husband's taking me on a lunch day. He's surprising mm -hmm. me. So we get there. He pulls out this to-do list. So here's what we need to talk about. I was like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, this is not a working lunch. I don't think it was just a list. I think I pulled out my big clunky laptop. Yeah, he was like, this is what we need to deal with and address while we're at lunch. I was like, no, 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 brother. You have to tell me <laughs> if it's a working lunch. I'm going I, into date. I was trying to be more productive. <laughs> I was like, I'm thinking you taking me on a date and you want to do a business lunch. If I didn't know it was business, I'd have been like, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't want that date. <laughs> so yeah, so that's I think that is one of our challenges is is we have to be very intentional about having boundaries mm -hmm. and protect our personal relationship yeah. even though we have a working relationship together. No, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, again, this has been such a fun conversation. Yeah. Yes. You guys, we love you so much. Friends, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode and uh, we will be back next time with the fifth purpose of marriage. Have a great week. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week